the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving week. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora today. Thanks so much for being a part of the program. And what a great time it is to be with you. A holiday week. We are just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? I mean, I am absolutely in I don't know about shock. Maybe I'm stunned. I'm just like, where in the world did the time go that we are two days away from Thanksgiving? And then after we hit Friday, a month away from, you know, that next holiday called Christmas. It's just mind boggling. But here we are. Good to be with you with much to talk about this hour. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you'd like to join into the festivities, you can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. Or you can tweet at me. I am at Sang Center on Twitter. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. And a couple ways to email yours truly directly. You got the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page at 710knus.com. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show every Saturday morning from 6 to 9. And you can log on to my website and email me directly there. It's jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. Indeed, I am in for Deborah today. I will also be filling in for her tomorrow and then this coming Friday. I'll be sitting in for Stefan Tubbs from 4 to 7 in the afternoon and on Saturday back in the saddle for the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. So lots coming up this week in not just the radio land, but the holidays that we've got. I mean, Black Friday's coming up on Friday, although I guess that a lot of Black Friday has already started this week. Week-long Black Friday sales and so forth. So Black Friday has turned into Black Week, I guess. Much to discuss today. I do want to begin with the absolute horrifying tragedy an atrocity that took place overnight on Saturday. Saturday into Sunday. At Club Q in Colorado Springs. Another act of heinous evil. And it is beyond disgusting to think about the kind of massacre that anyone would perpetrate along those lines. And it hit us again in our state of Colorado. Another mass shooting. I haven't had the opportunity on the air yet since my show was Saturday morning to say anything. And I do want to say that my thoughts, prayers, and well wishes go to the victims and to their families. 
to the heroes who stopped this murderous individual, the murderer, alleged murderer, in in the course of a rapid moving situation. I mean, your heart breaks every time this happens. And I say every time because it keeps happening in our society and especially here in the state of Colorado. But we are learning more about the alleged shooter. The Denver Gazette reporting that the man accused of murdering five people in Colorado Springs at the nightclub changed his name after an extremely troubled childhood. On May 2nd, 2016, according to Texas court records, Nicholas Brink became Anderson Lee Aldrich. His upbringing is marked by a biological father who dabbled in drugs and worked in the porn industry and a mother with multiple arrests in California and Texas, and the two parents separated while Aldrich was a toddler. Shortly before he changed his name, the suspected shooter apparently was a target of online bullying and showed signs of a fascination with gay culture. He spent much of his time in recent years living with his maternal grandmother and step-grandfather in the Colorado Springs area before they moved to Florida in late 2021, according to his grandmother, her Facebook page, which has since been taken down. Aldrich's difficult childhood and earlier existence as Nicholas Brink offer the first clues to the mysteries of who the suspected gunman was, though it is unclear yet if his tumultuous childhood is related in any way to the attack at Club Q. That is to say, the motives are not known. But back last year, June 18th, 2021, Aldrich was booked into the El Paso County Jail on two counts of felony menacing and three counts of kidnapping after a bomb threat and standoff at his mother's home. On a neighborhood doorbell surveillance video obtained by the Gazette, Aldrich can be heard saying to his mother, this is the day I die. They don't give a F about me anymore. Clearly, a relative told the Gazette that he was referring to the Pullens, that would be his grandparents, and their decision to move to Florida from Colorado. Aldrich was jailed, but formal charges never were filed and the case has been sealed. So last year, a bill was passed into law that automatically made these sorts of records sealed, which is problematic because then you can't get certain information, law enforcement can't access what happened that may inform and media as well for trying to uncover more about what happened on Saturday. And I mean, how this was not, it's hard to say when you look at an incident like what happened last year and then nothing happens in between June of 2021 and November of 2022 when there were signs, and you have to wonder what is what went on, what what was missed, what actions weren't taken, and that is actually important to learn, not for blame, 
The one person who is culpable is the shooter himself. But lessons need to be learned and acted upon in the future by others. What can we learn from this shooter? What he did? What led up to this? What wasn't done in the intervening year and a half since this alleged bomb threat incident from June of 2021? And also, what what lessons can we extrapolate from childhood, the childhood of somebody like the shooter? The Denver Gazette, according to their reporting, has been piecing together what appears to be a troubled childhood. There are few social media or school records for the 22-year-old. The Washington Post reported that at age 15, around the time of his name change, He was targeted in online bullying and photos. Aldrich was born in May of of 2000 to uh, Laura Vopel and Aaron Brink in Orange County, California. The couple separated or divorced in Orange County in September 2001, according to the Washington Post. At the time, Aaron Brink was starting his career as an MMA fighter. All indications are that Aldrich was raised during his early childhood by Vopel. And they couldn't, they note in the Gazette that they couldn't reach Brink, who's 48, unsuccessful in those attempts. But according to court records, he lives in California. When the the alleged shooter in Colorado Springs was nine years old, his biological father, the Gazette reports, was still a mixed martial arts fighter based in California, who then entered the porn industry. And according to IMDb, it was uh, adult films which led him down the path of drugs, including crystal methamphetamine. In July 2009, when Anderson Aldrich was still nine years old, his father appeared on the reality show Intervention, where his then-fiancé begged him to quit drugs. There are indications that Aaron Brink's son had a fascination with gay culture, the article says. And Aldrich, as Nicholas Brink, established a YouTube channel in 2010 using the moniker, uh, using the moniker, uh, I'm not going to read, I'm actually not going to read this particular paragraph on the air. But in 2011, Aldrich's biological father, Aaron Brink, went high profile with his divorce from a pornography actress on an episode of Divorce Court. So we're talking about a 9, 10, 11-year-old kid who was immersed in things that you could say definitively a child of that age should not be exposed to. That's what it seems like based on this reportage. And there's more to the story too. What this shows us is the importance of having an upbringing That involves parents who are as active as possible, who are hands-on in their child's life, involved in their child's education, introducing them to things that, and concepts that are appropriate, and avoiding, to the best of their ability, introductions to things that they shouldn't be exposed to as children, instead of 
taking actions that expose them to such concepts. And especially when you think about the issue of mental health that we have so dramatically in our society today failed to address. And a lot of that comes from upbringing of a child on to the experiences that they have in adulthood. I, I do think it's important to know and understand more of these facts, more of these details, so that parents and grandparents can learn, law enforcement can learn, our communities and society at large can learn the lessons that we need to understand societally so we can prevent more mass shootings like this from happening, especially when they are often happening because they are young men who are perpetrating such heinous atrocities, such evil. The, sh- the alleged shooter faces five murder charges as well as five charges of committing a bias-motivated crime, basically a hate crime, causing bodily injury in the shooting on Saturday at Club Q. Now, we'll find out if the hate crimes component sticks, but it seems like there's, as so many stories are, so many, like that, that there are more complications to the motivations and to the background of this shooter and what brought it about. Just a a few thoughts and a little bit of an update on what happened Saturday in Colorado Springs. Of course, in the wake of this devastation, our hearts break and our prayers and support go to all the victims, all the families, and the heroes and the first responders. I mean, I think in the news news reports, it was two or three minutes before the shooter was stopped by patrons inside the club, and then law enforcement got there within three minutes after the call. So... There is certainly a lot to say and to credit of those heroes and also the first responders for getting on the scene so quickly. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Deborah Flora this afternoon. We're going to take a break. On the other side, a couple breaking news stories. One, the Supreme Court has said, yes, Trump must turn over his tax returns. Plus, Biden has now extended the moratorium on student loan payments in the wake of an appeals court granting an injunction against his unconstitutional student loan forgiveness scheme. We'll update you on that and much more coming up. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flory here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Good afternoon. Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Deborah Flory today. News Talk 710 K-N-U-S, good to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. News Talk 710, K-N-U-S, 303-696-1971. 
is our telephone number if you'd like to join in to the festivities. So Biden pardoned the turkey, two turkeys, in fact, and they have their names, Chocolate and Chip. And they were pardoned yesterday when the president discharged his very important presidential duty for the annual Thanksgiving turkey pardon. Of course, he didn't leave out all the politics. He said, in part, the votes are in. They've been counted and verified. No ballot stuffing, no foul play. I do have to say that was clever. But then he goes on to say the only red wave this season is going to be if German Shepherd Commander knocks over the cranberry sauce. I, I, I like the ballot stuffing and foul play. That was clever. But getting into the red wave stuff, eh. That was a little too political for Thanksgiving, Mr. President. But here was one little thing that he said that was uh, rather interesting. God love you. Nine and a half million turkeys. I tell you what, it's like some of the countries I've been to. Anyway. I don't even know what he said there, but... It's be- that that's like some of the countries I've been to, he said. What in the world? And then there was some presentation. I don't know what it is. I saw the clip out of context. But he told kids they can steal something. Uh, imagine this has to be boring, boring, boring for these kids to stand up here. You're allowed to do anything you want, including go steal a pumpkin if you want. Anything you want to do. Go, go steal a pumpkin. Anything you want to do. Steal. Use the word steal. Great lesson for kids. Meanwhile, Turkey Day is getting more expensive. Fox News pointing out that there is no way to avoid paying significantly more this Thanksgiving. And some of the numbers are startling. There's just no way to avoid paying significantly more if you're buying the staples for Thanksgiving. A 16-pound turkey is going for $28.96. That is up 21% from last year. A 14-ounce bag of cubed stuffing mix is 388 that is up 69 percent and two frozen pie crusts are going for 368 that is up 26 percent according to the farm bureau all those arrows are pointing up but president biden keeps insisting that things are coming down biden inflation for thanksgiving that's what we've got it just keeps going up up and up the cost of everything what was it, 69% increase for the stuffing? 31% was it for a turkey? That's just astronomical, nonstop. And meanwhile, this is the guy we have as the president. God love you. Nine and a half million turkeys. I'll tell you what, it's like some of the countries I've been to. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I'll tell you what, it's just like some of the countries I've been to. Oh, goodness, Joe Biden, President of the United States. Breaking news today, a couple of stories. One, the Supreme Court on Tuesday cleared the way for a House committee to receive former President Donald J. Trump's tax returns, refusing his request to block their release in the waning weeks of Democratic control of the chamber. 
The court's order, which was unsigned and did not note any dissents, is the most recent instance in which it is cited against Mr. Trump, who appointed three justices to the bench, reports the New York Times. The decision means that the Treasury Department is likely to soon turn over Mr. Trump's financial documents to the House, which has been seeking them since 2019. He's no longer able to hide the tax returns from Congress. Now, it's a curious thing because, as the Times points out, Trump's legal team had urged the justices to extend a lower court stay as it pursued an appeal before the Supreme Court, saying the House's request raised issues that were too important to let the Treasury Department turn over his files before they were resolved. I mean, I would think that so much of this really is about the separation of powers, but he's no longer in office and they're pursuing an investigation in Congress. So that none of those aspects seem to deter the Supreme Court from saying you must turn him over. Douglas N. Letter, the chief lawyer for the House, urged the Supreme Court not to intervene, the Times reports, pointing to a new Congress in January. Any further delay, quote, would leave the committee and Congress as a whole little or no time to complete their legislative work, he wrote in a brief earlier this month. In a terse order, the Supreme Court said it was denying Mr. Trump's application for a stay. It did not include any legal reasoning for the decision. So basically what the court is saying is we're denying the request to hold off on this. The the Trump legal team wanted additional questions answered, didn't want this to be resolved yet. But Congress was arguing, look, we've got a new Congress coming up in January. We need to finish the work of the committee investigations. And you should not issue a stay. Instead, basically say you got to turn them over. And that's what the Supreme Court did. And there was no dissent. Now, just for a little bit of background, this case traces back to Trump's refusal in 2016 to make his pub make public his tax returns, breaking with modern uh, precedent set by presidential candidates and presidents. He had decided and he'd always argued, look, I've been under audit. I'm not going to release any tax returns until the audits are over. In 2019, after the Democrats took control of the House, the Treasury Department was asked to provide them to Richard E. Neal, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. Now, is this just some kind of a political attack on Trump that they're using extra legal means for? Is the Supreme Court then complicit in doing something untoward? Or is the court seemingly unanimously saying, actually, it's okay. This is fine. Because it's part of the purview of Congress. I mean, it, it is telling to me that you had no dissents here. And they're saying you actually have to do it. Turn them over. And Trump's not going to be able to avoid that at this point, by my understanding. 
So we shall see what happens, but it is an interesting development. And what are they going to actually get from these tax returns? And what are the implications? I'm not sure. What do you think? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to chime in on that. Another one. Another breaking news story today. Recently, a week or two ago, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit decided three to zero to side with a coalition of six Republican-led states that requested the court table cancellation amid its ongoing litigation. Cancellation of what? Cancellation of student loan forgiveness. Or rather, cancellation of student loans. So there was an injunction put in place saying, nope, you can't move forward with forgiving student loan debt. Now, of course, Biden's spinning this politically, making it about some sort of right-wing special interest and ignoring the Constitution and the constitutional limitations on the President of the United States. Take a listen to what he said in a video released just today, along with an announcement where he is extending the moratorium on student loan payments by another several months. As Americans continue to recover from the pandemic, My administration has been working to provide student debt relief to millions of working and middle-class families across the country. But Republican special interests and elected officials sued to deny this relief, even for their own constituents. How could they enforce the Constitution? Right now, it's on hold because of these lawsuits. We're not going to back down, though, in our fight to give families breathing room. That's why the Department of Justice is asking the Supreme Court of the United States to rule on the case. But it isn't fair to ask tens of millions of borrowers eligible for relief to resume their student debt payments while the courts consider the lawsuit. For that reason, the Secretary of Education is extending the pause on student loan payments while we seek relief from the courts, but no later than June 30, 2023. No later. The Supreme Court an opportunity to hear the case in its current term. Payments will resume 60 days after the pause ends. I'm never going to apologize for helping working class and middle class families Aww. recover from the economic crisis oh, nice. created by the pandemic. Never, I'll continue never working to make government work to deliver for all Americans. For all, all Americans. Americans. All Americans. Important. Except the vast majority of Americans who don't have student loans. Then he wants you to pay for other people's student loan debt. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Folks. Once we hit February, it will be three years since student loan borrowers have had to make payments on their student loan debt, at least if they borrowed federal loans. Three full years without penalty. You can make payments. You're just not required to. And if you don't make payments, you won't accrue more interest. So that has been a disincentive for those of us who still have student loan debt, a disincentive for us to pay anything back in three years almost. And he's extending it because he's waiting. He's so kind hearted. He's waiting for the Supreme Court to rule on something he knows is unconstitutional. And he is not allowed to do. 
yet he's managed to successfully pull the wool over the eyes of so many young people to the point where that did help a little bit, at least at the margins, the Democrats in their success in some states like Colorado or holding back Republicans and others in the elections a couple of weeks ago. Staggering. How he, it's staggering how he continues to manipulate this student loan debt issue in the way that he has. 303-696-1971. What do you make of that? Yet again, another extension. Will it ever end? I don't think so. He's going to continue to perpetuate it, especially if he's going to run for re-election. 303-696-1971. What do you think about that? The tax returns now being required per the Supreme Court. Trump must turn them over and more. Give us a call. Mark in Denver. You're up with Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. What's on your mind, Mark? Take uh, to conj- Mark, I'm sorry, brother. We can rule against ourselves. Oh, try again. You might be a little clearer here. You're really cutting in and out. Uh, Sorry, Mark. Doesn't look like we are able to make heads or tails of what you are saying right now. We'll see if we can boost the connection. Feel free to call back if we can uh, communicate with you. Here is something else. I mean, you look at the way in which Biden has approached the student loan forgiveness issue. You also look at the way in which the Democrats play politics with a variety of different issues in order to boost their standing. But the language that you hear oftentimes is, We are just trying to help you. We are doing right by the American people. And we need you to trust us that we are fighting for your best interests and it's evil Republicans supporting special interests that's trying to squash our ability to help you. That attitude is... I don't even know how you describe it, it's, uh, except patronizing. What do you think? 303-696-1971. Let's go to Jay in Littleton. Good afternoon, Jay. How's it going? Man, it is going so well. Thank you for for stepping in and, and, and doing your your duty as <laughs> a <So> radio, <laughs> radio savior. Happy to um, do it, Jay. What's on your mind, brother? So, um, you know, listening to you talk and listening to other people, it's not just you, talk about uh, um, the, the baloney that's going on regarding uh, um, uh, loan forgiveness and all that. Let me, let me explain something to, to, to the local voter locally who thinks that they – because they, they didn't – they don't like that the R stands for Trump, so they went ahead and voted for Satan, basically. Listen, this is what you're enjoying. You're enjoying high taxes. You, this is what you voted for. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the voters out there. Understood. You voted for high taxes. You voted for uh, ridiculous interest rates. You voted for amazingly high energy rates. You voted for high food costs. You voted for all of these things because you didn't like mean tweets in 2020. So the, the fools out there who are thinking now that this clown, 
this this absolute clown in the White House who has done nothing but grift off the American people for 50 freaking years. Mm-hmm. He's never put forth one piece of legislation that was worthwhile. He's, matter of fact, been racist in everything he's put forth and has argued for when he was in the Senate and when he uh, was a vice president. And this guy has never done anything of value, anything of wor- anything worthwhile ever, never actually out there to try and look out for the little guy. No matter what he says, whatever words fall out of his mouth like the rear end of a horse, You've got to understand, this guy cares nothing about you, has, doesn't live like you, his family has been above the law for decades and gotten away with it for decades, and I mean above, way above the law. You or I or anybody else would have already been in prison for life with the things this guy's gotten away with. It is insane that anybody thinks that what this guy's talking about now makes any sense at all. Any sense at all. It's fundamentally insane that anybody who thinks what this guy speaks about anything financial, I might add, let's just talk numbers for a minute. This this guy's main focus is on where he's getting peanut butter sandwiches next, not not on the the fiscal situation of America. Jay, here's my theory. We now see the media suddenly covering CBS News miraculously discovered that the Hunter Biden laptop was verified as legit. They finally Mm -hmm. discovered it. Even after a few couple years ago, remember, Trump had that exchange (laughs) with Leslie Stahl. It was like, we can't verify it. So two years later, they finally verify it. I think you're going to see more and more media outlets on the left that will be covering this because their goal is to get Biden out of the White House because they know that he's not able to do the job anymore and to put somebody else in there. They don't want him as the nominee. You're 100% correct. They realize that they've survived yet another round of voting to keep their turnip in office. However, everybody is starting to realize now at this point they can't hide anymore because more and more news outlets are picking it up. Just because the mainstream media doesn't pick it up doesn't mean other people aren't. And sending it out there into the Twitterverse now uh, where reality is starting to set in, they can't hide this anymore. They can't. And, and the, the astounding fact to me is that people went out of the way to vote to keep whatever well, decision makers that he supported in office to keep these insane ideal ideological well, po- it, policies in place it goes to the point before about pulling the wool over the eyes of for example young voters or other constituencies they always have constituency plays we will give you this goodie bag and that goodie bag to this group and yep. to that group and that's the way that the game is played on the left but jay I, th- I think that was uh, a, a really, a really good call, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate Welcome. it. Welcome. Thank you, sir. You Have a great afternoon. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. You too. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Right on the money from Jay. Worthy of applause. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. One more segment up on the other side. Keep it right here. News Talk 710 KNUS. Jimmy Sangenberger, one more segment in for Deborah Flora this afternoon. Randy Corcoran filling in for Stefan Tubbs at the top of the hour. Jimmy, I worked hard to pay my student loans, and I expect others to do likewise. Text in Steve in Littleton. Doubtful I'll even get a pick of those whose loans I'll be paying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, I don't think you're going to get pick of, oh, yes, hey, this is the 
This is the college graduate whose loans you helped to pay off, Stephen Littleton. Look at the smiles. Maybe that person will be me. I don't know. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. I'm just about out of time, but let's get to Lewis in Aurora. Good afternoon, Lewis. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, brother. Happy Thanksgiving. Listen, I think the, the reason the news media is now coming up to say, oh, it's verified, is because they're afraid of being called on the carpet. You mean Biden? Why did they lie? Hunter Biden's laptop you're talking about. Right. Okay, continue. Why did they lie? Why did they lie to the American people and and influence the election? And also, as for what I heard earlier about last week, that some of these people that are anticipating to get this money for the student loan isn't going to use it for the student loan. They're going to use it for whatever vacation no that cannot happen lewis let me clarify that cannot happen because it is directly through the federal department of education there's an application process and then it will actually be used to pay down the the student loan so no if you have a say a fifteen thousand dollar loan balance it will get reduced to five thousand dollars that's how it's going to work okay all right well i'm glad you cleared that up because what i heard i said what they're going to take my money so somebody can go on vacation. I still am angry that they're going to take my money to pay. I paid my for my college also. <laughs> I mean, but, oh, please. Well, and Lewis, here's the thing. Going back to the Hunter Biden point. During the 2020 campaign, they didn't want to talk about it in the media because they wanted Biden to beat Trump. Then during the 2022 race, they didn't want to talk about it in the media because they wanted the Democrats to prevail as best as they could. Now that we're past the 2024 election, literally within a week or two after the election, the media suddenly is talking about it as though it's a revelation. Oh, my gosh, this is legit. CBS News even acknowledging it because, and this goes to my point, with Jay in the last segment, they want to get Biden out now. He's served their purpose, and now they need somebody else in there, and they're going to go after him. They're going to continue to bring this up because it's one thing that they can use to try and undermine him from running for reelection. That's my theory. And that, well, that sounds good. He needs to get out of there now. Yep. That, well, that would be even better. Uh-huh. That's for darn sure. Although Kamala Harris, could you imagine... Kamala oh, Harris and her no. cackling laugh on the uh, on the White House uh, lawn, giving speeches or whatever. I mean, I, I cannot imagine. <laughs> Please no. no, no. Oh gosh, no. Lewis, we've got. You know what? Okay. If, we, if if we could have uh, somehow by virtue of uh, one domino falling and then the next Speaker McCarthy become the president, that would at least be a little bit better. But I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm just I'm just you know. Having a little pipe dream time there, Lewis. All right, brother. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate the call. Another text. Don't care, never did care about Trump's taxes. Really done with and over with continued constant attacks on Trump, the purpose of which is to divert taxpayer attention to their backdoor policymaking. I think you meant from their backdoor policymaking. A waste of time and especially our tax dollars, Texan Mountain Grandma Act adding, we're hoping Trump can gracefully step aside and limit his involvement to advising on reinstatement of most of his of his most successful policies. I feel that. 
and I certainly agree with the latter sentiments there. And before that, I mean, I don't know what purpose, like any real legit purpose that this tax return hunt actually would serve. That is, in, in my assessment, simply a way to get at Trump, to attack and swipe at Trump. And that's it. There's no merit to it. But, of course, they're going to do it and do it as quick as they can before the new Congress takes hold, the new Republican-controlled House of Representatives. Now, as we look ahead at the Republicans taking control of the U.S. House, they will be engaging in oversight. Will the Democrats defend Biden? Will House Democrats participate in these investigations in good faith, or do you see it as your role to defend the Biden administration? Well, we will absolutely defend the Biden administration and his track record of success uh, if it comes under assault uh, by people attempting to politicize uh, our governmental responsibilities without question. That is Hakeem Jeffries. He is likely to succeed Nancy Pelosi as the next leader of the Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives. Notice what he said there. We will defend Biden. And he's setting up the idea that this was a political attack. Here's the would be a political attack, any sort of oversight. Here's the thing the Democrats are going to do differently from the Republicans. They are going to make sure they have representatives on the oversight panels who will be pushing back against the Republicans in a way that Republicans didn't for the January 6th panel. And I think that's pretty smart. Now, of course, Republicans, some Republicans couldn't because the Democrats blocked a Jim Jordan, for example, from being able to sit on the January 6th panel. But the Republicans and Democrats have different strategies there. I think the Republicans need to push back and recognize that's what the Democrats, they're going to play a game here. Well, that's it for me. Randy's in for Stefan Tubbs coming up 4 to 7. I will be back in tomorrow from 3 to 4. In for Deborah Flora and then in for Stefan from 4 to 7 on Friday. Have a great afternoon. God bless America. Never give up. Never surrender. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.